Welcome to Pile the Numbers, the podcast keeps you updated football within the hobby. This week, I got my regular guest, Shani, back on the show to break down the draft. We're going to go through the draft and go through some pick your team prices, kind of what we rank they're going to be as the new products start to come out. Pretty fun uh, exercise. We also talk about some players that maybe had some hobby hurt, some hobby gain from the draft picks that help support them or hurt them within the hobby. And then we're also going to update you on our four wax prices of Select, Prism, Mosaic, and optic and then also some select singles out there at you but a real good show to catch us up on the draft we'll be talking about a lot the draft a lot this offseason so i'm excited to talk to shani about it first it's now it's time for the show welcome find the numbers uh this is post draft episodes episode number 28 and i brought my man shani on just because we love to talk football and there's lots to talk about post draft uh landing spots is huge uh in terms of the hobby and just seeing it even affects guys that we've already have cards of i think and we'll talk about that a little bit as well but i just thought bring you on my man uh, i know you're probably i don't know actually I, I don't know but it seems like steeler nation's pretty happy uh, a couple weapons give i mean if ben's coming back him a little bit of help but do you want to just let me know how you've been doing and little thoughts on the steelers before we kick her off here yeah doing well um i think this year's draft was fun to watch uh the Steeler Nation, I think, is actually kind of split. Uh, I like Najee Harris at the same time. I don't like overvaluing the running back position. And yeah. if anything, the Steelers have proven in years past that you can go relatively inexpensive. I know we had Le'Veon Bell, and he was one of the greatest one at the time, not overall. I'm not trying to go there. When yeah. he but, so, yeah, I mean, the, the team needs are are many. I don't think we needed to reach for a quarterback at this time, although that's obviously highest on the list. But the line is decimated and yep. just lost Alvin Nueva. Right, to the Ravens. That's not good. <laughs> yeah. And, of all teams. So, you know, I like him. He's a Steeler kind of guy. Um, and I like a yep. number of picks it's obviously not all about just the first round pick but that obviously gets the headlines for sure it, it's it, you know to be honest with you it's gonna be a funny thing to say and hear the pick i like the most is probably our last pick have you seen anything about that punter presley Harvey? i haven't oh i did hear a little bit about him i think before the draft actually has his name kind of surfaced up but yeah sounds like he's got quite Great. the leg yeah. well he's like <laughs> I heard six foot two seventy. I don't think he's that big, but if you see him, he looks like a linebacker. Yeah, he kills the ball, average fifty yards a punt, and he has an arm. He threw for a few TDs, one with like a a bomb of like a forty yard bomb. Look, does it add a wrinkle? I mean, we people generally don't think about a punter until they don't have a good one, right? Yeah, for sure. But definitely, just a kind of an exciting and a personality to go along with it, right? He's a, yeah, kid. But look at. Yeah. I'm one of these guys that tends to be glass half full when it comes to the Steelers draft. And yep. then you start judging more when you start to see these guys out there. We clearly yep. running game when we started the fall last year, it was the line and thus yep. running game. So we addressed half of that conversation. We'll see. Yep. I'm sure we'll they're, yeah, they're, yeah. I, 
I kind of felt with, you know, it just seemed like Najee Harris just was a Steeler fit. I think a lot of people had that one in mocks as a very common thing to see. And that's kind of the one that just fell. And you're like, yep, that's kind of what we thought. Um, right. I just, he just, a, he's a good fit. I mean, yeah, does he answer all your questions? Probably not. Um, but then there's always that, you know, to your point, there's always that what if Le'Veon didn't have the, the off the field stuff or the, you know, turmoil stuff of holding out. You know, if you get a guy like, maybe, you know, Najee Harris seems to be a pretty good head on his shoulders. If he has that kind of talent level and stays in Pittsburgh for a while, that's something good for when they do get a quarterback to come in. They'll have pieces around him. I mean, we know they have the receivers. Now they have the running back and a potentially a tight end. So you got the weapons. So, you know, you always can build, play BPA. I mean, there's always the argument that running back. But, yeah, just coming off the high of the draft, the draft's a fun time for me. I got my my son's birthdays tomorrow, so that's awesome. He's turned nice. six. So big old Harvey's uh, growing up on us. And then uh, up here in Alberta, they just shut all the schools down again. Uh, so we're back to about 13% positivity rate. So uh, things are getting sticky up here in terms of just where teachers are just trying to get through, just trying to help the kids succeed. And so definitely a lot going on in my world, but at the same time, I would love taking a minute to talk football with you. So thanks for being on uh, just a quick take on the Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys went defense, defense, and more defense. So a little bit, you know, people think there's reaches, but the draft's so fun because everybody gets these notions of, cause you read and you look up on draft and you kind of see the same names all the time, but when those same names don't fall the way you thought they would, you're, you're really not sure about your value. And so when teams take, you know, like, uh, Dallas took a, a cornerback at Oregon State that I really didn't have on my radar at all in the fourth round. Everybody's like, well, that's a huge reach. And you kind of look at his measurables and his time. You're like, actually, he could be pretty good. So, you, you know, you don't really know until things really shake out. So when it comes to the draft, like, I'm always kind of skeptical because I remember the year when Dallas took Zach Martin in the first round. And I was just like, yeah, that's, that's you know, that's a solid pick. It's a good pick. But, you know, is that what we needed? And he's an, he's an all pro. So, you know, you just got to really let things shake out when it comes to the draft at the end of the day. It's fun to see the names come across. It's one of the more exciting drafts we had in a long time with the quarterback talent. And that's why the hobby's going to love it. But I just really enjoyed the draft in general for this year. It was really fun to see yeah. how things went. I think it was challenging for teams not being able to meet the kids one on one, to no combine. There's a lot of just risk and people had to just kind of go with their gut. And I think we kind of saw it this year for sure. But uh, overall, definitely a fun draft for sure. I will say on the Dallas front, Parsons is an interesting kid. Yeah. And I've heard a lot of people say he's like the like the Chase Young last year. Like there's always that one or two defensive that might have some hobby impact, obviously, aside from their actual game right. impact. And and yeah. it sounds like one of those guys. Yeah, he can be being being in the market of Dallas, it could have that kind of effect. I don't know if we'll see the Chase Young or Bosa, but we can get that done later in the show. But uh, just because I'm not, you look at like what Devin White's done with Tampa Bay and like his rookie cards aren't selling for a lot. And I think Devin White is best case for Micah Parsons. Like that would be a phenomenal fit. Uh, and linebackers is just tougher. It seems like defense, they really want to see the sacks unless he's like an elite interception guy, which we haven't seen in a long time since Ed Reed. But uh, yeah, I'm, I, it'll be fun. You know, I probably won't get too many Cowboy breaks. So they'll probably still be overpriced just because they're the Cowboys. But <laughs> uh, I, I'm excited to see what he does. He's got the nice measurables. I hope he can keep his head on straight and just see where he goes from there. Uh, before we jump into the rookie stuff, uh, I just want to update us on the the products. There has been a little bit of movie, movement in the hobby uh, wax. So I want to talk about that. I want to talk about a little bit of select singles for you guys like I have been doing. And then uh, Shanine and I will jump full on into draft stuff. So uh, just real quick, let's just go across like I have been. Uh, cello packs, Mosaic, 48 bucks. They stayed the same. Prism Cellos, 50 bucks, down 10%. Optic 35 stayed the same and select $40 stayed the same. So remember optic and select are actually value packs, not considered cello packs, but kind of in the same realm. Hanger boxes for all four mosaic 72 down 10%, 102 for prisms are the same 77 bucks for optic down 5% select 65. 
Uh, blasters across the board, 105 for Mosaic, down 10%. 132 for Prism, down 5%. Blasters uh, for Optic, 110, up 15%. And then Select, uh, 88 to 90, about down, down 20%. So we are seeing a little bit of pullback in Select, but Select's still kind of holding its own. Um, it, it, it's still getting, it's still filling a lot. There's still a lot of it, it seems. There's a lot of color. I'm a little worried about the overall uh, quantity of color. I think that's getting hard for people to figure out, you know, the non-numbered color, what's worth what. I've seen some really weird sales prices on Select. I still like the product. I think the designs are awesome. The zebras and the die cuts, they're really cool cards. Uh, but it's really interesting to see how those shake out when it comes to if they get graded or they might be a really good raw product just to sell. Like, uh, I think might be a good way to go with it. Uh, mega boxes. Uh, for Mosaic, 215 up 10, 235 for Prism the same, 225 for Optic, uh, which is up 5%, and Select stay about the same, about 190 to 200. And then lastly, the hobby stuff, uh, the no huddles for just Mosaic and Prism real quick, 800 for Mosaic is up 5%, 1000 up 5% for Prism. And then here's a little bit of a dip across the hobby land, uh, hobby boxes for Mosaic, 872, so down just a little bit, 5%. Uh, hobby boxes for Prism, 13 to 1400, down 10%. Uh, you know, 10% is not a lot, but with that wax, with those three quarterbacks, it just might be people are saving up for what's coming or just kind of have their eyes off it a little bit. But I really think this is a good class of wax to hold when it comes to Prism with the quarterback. So I was a little surprised to see that one dip at this time. Um, 940 uh, down 10% for Optic, and then 1600 down 10% for Select. So Select's still kind of a premium for their hobby boxes right now, which is pretty surprising, but it has the color and the hits. Uh, and the low numbered stuff that people are really looking for. So any comments on the wax there, Shani, before we uh, talk about a little couple of singles? You know, I'll just veer from the four products you focused on. Just talk a little bit about Chronicles. Yeah. I, I, I First of all, I think Chronicles to me has always been a very fun product. Yes. You get a lot of <laughs> brands within one. Right. It's a mixed bag. Right. And, and it makes for a fun rip. That said, never been a product historically that held value long term, even midterm. It seemed to drop off pretty quickly after the kind of honeymoon phase, if you will. That said, the pricing on breaks that I'm watching in, in terms of auctions that are going to offer are insane. Yeah. I, I can't believe the kind of pricing I'm seeing. And I don't yeah. watch. Granted, but I watched obviously the Steelers and a handful of other teams and then some singles. I I will say I do think there there will be a significant honeymoon phase and not to say that it'll be like a stone off a cliff in terms of the drop, but there will be a significant precipitous drop in my opinion because it's not one of those four you talked about. And even no. select, I think, will kind of the, the the big three will separate it, th themselves from even select at some point, and then Chronicles will even be below select. So yeah, it's definitely it's shocking sometimes when you watch an auction and see the. I mean, I watched Claypool as a in a player auction in one case go for I don't know almost close to two hundred dollars. Right, and then like, what's your best case? Like, what's your best card you can have? Chronicles of Claypool. You know, I, I think a lot of people get really drawn to Chronicles and they see those little Prism cards come out of there. Like, oh, there's some Prism in there, and so it really kind of gives it a little bit a spice to it. But then there's also you know. A lot of the low-end Panini things, you, you know, I, I just saw a couple of breaks and it's a mixed bag. It's kind of fun to watch to kind of see the, the variety, but at the same time, it's almost too much variety to the point you're like, what am I really looking for here? <laughs> so I, I, I don't think Chronicles is going to 
stay high. I really think that it's just going to kind of be that second or third tier at best when it comes to the products for the year. But yeah, it has been surprisingly high and that's kind of scaring me for what we're coming into for the 2021 products. <laughs> um, couple of course, but you make a really good point about the fact that Prism Black was introduced this year into Chronicles. I also think there's an interesting thing that's been around for quite some time in that clear or acetate type of card, which I have always really loved. But I also right. recognize, despite how much I really love those cards, they tend not to hold value. Right. They tend to be valuable, period. But in this early stage, you're seeing some of those acetate cards, especially the right. Unless it's a low number, like in baseball, the acetates are like out of 10. Like these ones, especially no numbered acetates, people are like, those aren't cards. You know, they're not, <laughs> you know, they kind of write them off as not cards. So you just kind of get to come select single prices, just kind of see where something to fall. There's kind of a fun one I'm going to get to here. That's a pretty big card. Uh, but Jalen Hurts, club level silver. So club level, again, that's the third uh, level um, silver 37 to a field level silver. So that's kind of the fourth level 190. And these are raw, obviously. T. Higgins white concourse out of 25. We're going to talk about T. Higgins a little bit later, but I thought out of 25 card, 18 bucks. Like T. Higgins is still a pretty good receiver. That card out of 25, that's kind of cool. I'd, I'd probably take 18 bucks for that if I saw it in a card show. Uh, Joe Burrow, field level, first off the line exclusive, orange pulsar out of seven, sold for $3,100 raw. What a card, right? Orange, the Bengals out of seven, first off the line. That's a huge card. And I mean, 3100 is actually pretty respectable for an out of seven. Um, so it'd be really interesting to kind of follow that card if it gets graded or what happens with these uh, out of seven orange pull stars, but it's a pretty sweet card. Um, wow. Jordan, Love, yeah, Jordan Love, uh, field level green die cuts, 51. Uh, Justin Jefferson, zebra die cut, pretty cool card as well, 293. And then Jonathan Taylor, blue die cut, uh, 20 bucks. Just a couple of cool little singles there. A lot of those die cuts are retail exclusives and pretty fun cars to chase. Uh, the zebras are obviously a pretty big chase. People like those zebra sh short prints. Oh, that's a pretty cool card for Justin Jefferson. Overall, like I really like the variety of select, even though I said I'm worried about the quantity of color and the quantity of variety, the variety is still appealing. You're still getting away from the base cards. You're still finding options that are that are cool and a lot of color matches. You know, you get a, a purple die cut of Jefferson, you get a blue die cut of uh, you know, like Jonathan Taylor, a blue on the Colts. So a lot of those color matches are pretty sweet as well. But um, you have any comments on the select singles there? You want to get to the draft stuff? No, I agree with everything you said. Yeah, we can jump into the draft stuff. All right, perfect. So I kind of threw a little curveball at you here. I'm just going to talk about a couple of guys that I thought benefit from the draft in terms of their hobby, and then we'll talk about a couple of guys that got hurt. Um, the first one we talk about, I think Justin Herbert. I think Justin Herbert got what he needed. He got a really solid left tackle in Rashawn Slater. I think him following to the Chargers was best case for them. They really need to get protection for Herbert. Uh, he did get hit more than people realized last year, and I think that that will take a toll, and uh, I think that he really is going to benefit from that. Uh, the other two guys I was talking about is Hertz and Tua. They both reunited with their Bama receivers and they both got, you know, potential number one options. Uh, it was kind of fun in the draft to see, you know, a lot of reunited, you know, you had Lawrence reunited with uh, uh, Travis Etienne. You had Hertz and Tua both back with their guys and then also uh, Burrow with uh, Chase. So there was a lot of uh, players getting back with their buddies. But in general, I think Hertz and Tua needed that too, especially he didn't really have number one at all. Hertz, they took a receiver last year. So Rager and Devonta, if they both develop, could be really special duo in terms of route running, not size-wise, but special in terms of their speed and quickness. But overall, I thought those three players kind of got a lot of help in the draft. Uh, anybody that maybe you thought they got help in the draft besides those guys, or you want to comment on those three? Um, you know, I think it's easy to focus on the QPs. I kind of try to take a look from the other direction in terms of the fact that there were obviously a bunch of quarterbacks taken in the first round. So, yeah. Yeah, we don't ever really like want to overvalue certain positions like 
running back and wide receiver, although they obviously are just second and third behind QB. So just receivers that I thought jumped out at me, the obvious, the Jags getting Lawrence, Chark and Chenault have the potential to really benefit. Um, The Niners have three guys that are decent hobby guys that a a fresh young QB could a big boost in Debo, Ayuk, and obviously George Kittle as a tight end. Yeah, those, definitely. Those jumped out at me. I mean, I think when you look at the Pats, nothing really exciting. Aguilar, maybe. Uh, when you look at the Jets, I, I really can't say that there's any one of those receivers or running backs that get me too pumped. Yeah, I, I like Mims still a little bit. I think just because last year being younger, and then they did they added um, they also added uh, receiver Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss, which I think they got some good pieces. The Jets actually surprisingly did pretty well for right. them moving on from Darnold. But yeah, I agree with you there for sure. And then um, that was yeah. with the Bears between Allen Robinson and Cole Komet. Yeah, the Bears. Yeah, and David Montgomery. Like if Justin Fields gets that offense going and they got get some consistency from that position, that could be scary. And I, I really felt overall, and we will talk about in the PYT rankings. I really felt all overall, all five quarterbacks landed in interesting spots that that you know that actually matter. So I, I think we'll kind of get to that as well. Uh, guys that kind of got their hobby hurt was T Higgins got the hobby hurt just because he was kind of developing. He really showed some promise last year as potentially being a number one receiver. And they drafted a guy in fifth overall, which also can be a negative because I, you know, a lot of, uh, indifferent people on that selection because both tackles are on the board. Penny Sewell was there. And so was Slater. And, uh, everybody's last memory of Joe Burrow was getting his knee basically ripped off, <laughs> like, you know, torn in half. And, uh, his, now he's got pictures with his long scar and whatnot. And, you know, I'm sure Burrow had some say on what they went there, but, uh, I kind of felt. You know, I felt good about the pick in terms of he got some talent, but I also thought I kind of wanted to take Sewell. I thought that would have been better for Burrow long term. Uh, and the other one, James Robinson, obviously, with the, you know, he turns in a top five running back performance here. And what's the team do? They draft a quarter, a running back in the first round still. <laughs> so right. I don't know what you have to do to keep a job in the, uh, running back in the NFL, but they still went Travis Etienne. I think it's kind of a character thing a lot of people think. And real, I mean, talent. I mean, Etienne was ranked that high, but they also just the idea of how they want to build the culture with the Jaguars around guys like Lawrence and Etienne. I think that's important. So um, I will give them props for that, but definitely hurt James Robinson stock. But do you have any take on those two? Or Well, I would just say, you know, I get your point about Robinson then coming in with ATN, although you can't ever, you can say there's never too much depth at running back to a certain degree, A. But even more importantly, you get a guy like Lawrence who you're building your franchise around for the foreseeable future. One of his best buds. Yep. Where he came from and really support the guy in a way that's, you know, you're really showing him the love. Yep. Um, I, I thought about what you said with respect to the Bengals when they drafted him. My initial thought was T. Higgins, but I actually think it might help a guy like T. Higgins to have him on the other field. The guy it might hurt is Boyd. Right. I care about him because he's a fellow Pitt alum, and I went hard despite being a Steelers fan. The fact I really liked Boyd when he was here, when he was at Pitt. Pitt, Yeah. Um. And despite being a Bengal, I actually went after his cards pretty hard. So I have a nice Boyd stock, if you will. Nice. When Burroughs came in, it was going to be payday for me. It ended right. up the case. And I thought, okay, next year, draft yeah. this guy first. You know, <laughs> yeah, I well, I, suffer the most. I, I think that it kind of makes a statement to me that they just, they clearly want to be a running team. I mean, they are, excuse me, a passing team. Passing. Like they, they don't mind having three options. And if you look at what Burrow did, with Jefferson, with Chase and Terrace Mitchell, who also got drafted this year, like 
he does really well distributing the ball to three guys and, and putting up good numbers. So, you know, it doesn't mean Boyd's going to be lost. I mean, I think the idea of the receiver one there, it's like the idea is probably chase. And then it's like, there's still going to be production of those other two to, to, to matter, but for them to have hobby value, they're going to have to be a successful team, which is the jury's still out. So, but uh, I'm definitely with you on that as well. So I thought we'd just kind of jump into tier. So I kind of just tiered mine and then uh, Shani, you can just, I don't know if, do you want to just kind of maybe, say I had them there. That's, I didn't have them there. We can just kind of go back and forth. I'll use mine as like kind of the skeleton. Let me ask you. Yeah. How, how many buckets did you end up doing? I know you got, I did, everyone I did a one, I did a one, a and a one B and then down to bucket five. So okay. six, six total. Okay. Perfect. Does that work? So I think tier one, a that I think is going to be above and beyond everything is going to be the Jags. I don't think they're even in the conversation with the other four quarterbacks. Uh, then that's purely just because Trevor Lawrence is a generational talent. Um, he's regarded that way. He's going to be paid for that way. He's going to be chased that way in the hobby. It's going to be very difficult to uh, purchase the Jaguars in a PYT format. You know, you better hope for some lucky randoms. And then also just even adding Travis Etienne just as another name that's yeah. very common in the football world that just kind of gave a little more fuel for the fire. So I think they're above all else. So I just put them in tier one. A. I think is that you're nodding your head. You're good with that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so the other four was kind of hard to order, but I do feel pretty confident. Number two, I think three, four, and five, th three and four, I think I could see some interchange. But for me, number two is the 49ers. Um, I put them number two in tier one B, I call it, with Trey Lance and Trey Sermon. I think Trey Sermon needs to be thought of because every running back kind of the 49ers system is has been successful in Shanahan's system. And I think Trey Sermon, what he's shown with Ohio State and Oklahoma is a very talented running back kind of under the radar. So I do, I do like the selection of both Trey's there. And Trey Lance offers the run and pass uh, option with a, an elite offensive mind. So I think the 49ers to me with that market and those two guys are number two for me. And then I have the Jets three with Zach. I like Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore, and they also have Michael Carter. So they have three offensive guys that are going to have a fantasy pulse um, that people are going to be watching for. Four, I put the Bears with Fields because I think he's got a lot of pieces already there. I think the Bears could be relatively successful early if they can really get him going. I think that's a big question. If that offensive line and Fields can get going, I think they have the defense and pieces around. They can make make a little bit of noise, especially if Rodgers is going to be holding out in Green Bay. That North's going to be wide open. And then number five, I have the Patriots with Mac Jones. Uh, he has nothing around him right now. It's going to be a process. He's not going to – I don't think he's going to play very much unless Cam gets hurt really early, which he could. But I could see them kind of use – like definitely taking the year off with him uh, unless they get some more weapons. I know they got Hunter Henry, and they spent a couple things here and there, but they don't have anything super good in terms of receivers and running backs. So uh, what are your thoughts on that kind of second bubble there? I, I pretty much agree across the board. The only thing I struggled with here is – and I would say throughout the process of ranking here for this exercise is uh, how much value to give to a team that has sold tradition well – because of just the team that they are and the following they have. And so in this cat, in this tier, if you will, I struggle where to put the Patriots. I can right. only put a second behind the Jags just because of who they are. Now th th that speaks more to auctions on eBay than it does right. breakers that have a website and they're just setting their pricing. Right. 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 That can, you will, will, will wash out once we actually see, how these prices are set. But when it comes to auctions, I can see the Patriots end up going for more than the other. Yeah, definitely. Because the following, trying to get back on top. Yeah, they definitely have the market. The to, auction, yeah. People, so, bids out there in the, for the same. Right. Thing. We kind of see them probably being overpriced early. And yeah. you know, definitely. Um, I, I think I struggle a little bit with three and four. I feel 
I felt good because, you know, you look at three and four, they've both, I don't want to say they've ruined quarterbacks, but they took Trubisky too. They took Darnold. Uh, the Jets and Bears don't have a good track record of drafting and having their quarterbacks be super successful. So I think that was kind of makes you for sure put some under Sam Fran for me. Um, but, you know, I think Justin Fields, Wilson and Lance are all in that same demographic of talent. They have both, they're all talented. Uh, so it just could be a matter of kind of how things are put together and how things fall. Uh, so I think that's a very interesting group, fun class, fun quarterbacks. It should be fun for sure when it comes down to the products. Um, so then my tier two. So my sixth overall was Bengals with Jamar Chase. Um, and I put Jamar Chase, I know like it's a receiver chase, but they, you know, it's still Burrow's second year card, which does have value in the hobby too. So oh, I do but. think that that's, he's kind of a six for me. I put Steelers number two, because I, I think Najee Harris, I just, I think that it's a little bit of market and a little bit of just, I think he's gonna be really productive. I, I do think he's going to put up some numbers. So that's kind of more of a, a foresight. So I might be a little high for running back, but I do like him. Uh, so then I have, I have Miami number eight, um, but you know, with Jalen Waddle, they also have two his second year. They actually went defense and kind of more piecing the team together after that. So really Waddle's probably gonna be the only guy they got Hunter long, like a tight end to kind of compliment Jaseki. But I think, you know, it's basically going to be Waddle there. Uh, nine, I put Devonta Smith again, Jalen Hurts second year card as well. Uh, got the Alabama connection. So I do think that Devonta Smith will have some value. And then 10 was really tough for me, but I did go with Tampa Bay and I put Tampa Bay because one, everybody wants Tom Brady cards, regardless of what year it is. And then two, they did draft Kyle Trask relatively high. And so maybe the Tampa Bay people are going to get behind that potential next thing. He's also a Florida guy in Tampa Bay. He is a bit older. Um, but I just kind of with him because he's my, to me, in terms of landing spot, being behind Tom Brady, I think that might have some appeal to the hobby. Will I be? Probably not. I don't, I'm not too high on Trask, but I do think I could see them falling right around 10 or so. So that's kind of my tier two. I apologize. I might've just missed it, but did you have the chargers? I didn't. I had the chargers in the next tier. So I, that's where I may have differed with you a bit. Uh, I've had the chargers in this bunch as you put it with respect to the Bengals, even though they really don't have a, a top tier founder that can compare with these receivers that are yep. bunch, just because of Herbert's second year cards, I think they might end up in, in this area. Um, right. I, and I had them right above the box, quite honestly. Okay. So, yeah, they, I just didn't like anything in this rookie class, like at all. So that kind of put them in the bottom of my tier three, but above the guys that have nothing. Um, so that, that was kind of my, my play with the chargers, but yeah, I, I see what you're saying for sure. That makes sense. And we'll see. I mean, it, it, it we'll see. Yeah. The only other place I differed with you is actually being less of a homer than I typically am. I had the Steelers at the bottom. Actually, I didn't even have them at the bottom of this list. I had them closer to the top of the next tier, but not even number one of the next tier. I have them after the Eagles. Oh, okay. Eagles in this in this tier anyway. So I I yeah. put down below the Chargers and Bucks. Gotcha. I I can see the Steelers being below those guys. I guess I just feel like I think Najee is just going to have a bigger impact than Waddle and Devonta. So it's a matter of how much do people want to to a second year and Jalen's second year. Like if they're playing well, then for sure. So yeah, I can see the Steelers being a little bit high, but maybe I was just trying to give you a little bit of love there. <laughs> I, I, look, part of me is kind of wishful thinking. I hope this yep. are a little bit lower, so I might be able to grab them here and there. Yeah, I, I do think if, if Najee and if that Friar move guy, you yep. know, the Steel, Steelers fans love to have a tight end to root for. Heath Miller is a great example. Mark. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, this guy fits the kind of mold that Steelers love to root for. So if he does well, in addition, I mean, not if he does well on his own and Najee doesn't, I don't see it having 
impact on price. But if they both and, do well, uh oh, watch out. And and don't forget, I mean, he's also going to get chased by the, the Steeler fans. He's from Penn State, like he's a, you know a local person. That that matters. People like doing I, that. When you, when your favorite team lands your favorite college guy, you're like, I'm sweet. I want some Pat Freemuth. You know? <laughs> so definitely, Connor coming from yeah, Steelers. I mean, yep. he, as a player, he probably never deserved the amount of hobby love he got. Yeah, he got a lot. He did. Yes. Uh, my next tier, I went with, uh, I did put Falcons number 11 and I know Kyle Pitts. I know tight end is not something in the hobby that people love, but he's really not a tight end. He is going to be like, he's going to be an elite pass catcher. We can just call it. He won't be a receiver, but he's going to be more than a tight end. So I did put him there just because I love his talent. I do think that he's going to be a pretty big fantasy play this year. Uh, my other two, my other guys in tier three here, I got the Ravens at 12, Rashad Bateman and Tylen Wallace to, you know, hopefully Lamar can get something going. I really like Tylen Wallace as a receiver. Um, when I watched him last year, he's really explosive. I do think he could be a nice little late round option for them. Uh, Denver, I put 13 because they got Javonta Williams who, you know, eventually well, Melvin Gordon's knees aren't the best. So he will eventually be the guy there. And they have a sleeper receiver. I like named Seth Williams out of Auburn, who I feel like they just did not have any quarterback play for the last year. And he's a really big, fast guy out of Auburn. I think he could surprise some people as well. Houston Texans. I put them at 14 because of Davis Mills, wow. so Davis Mills. Yeah. He got a lot of, he got a lot of pre-draft stuff. He's a highly touted guy coming out of high school. Dealt, dealt with injuries, dealt with COVID, a lot of different things. Stanford's had a tough go. Walker Little, really impressive old lineman they had, struggled with injuries, and he opted out. So just kind of a weird situation in Stanford. So he could surprise people. And then we also a lot of unknowns with Watson. So um, I thought that was a pretty bold pick by them, their first pick, and giving him a chance to maybe they develop some, like a sleeper quarterback. So he is definitely uh, interesting. Uh, they also took Brevin Jordan. And Nico Collins, a receiver and tight end. So they do have a lot of offensive uh, shots, long shots, but they, they have some shots. Uh, the Giants, I went with 15 with Kadarius Toney, a uh, very explosive receiver. Uh, a lot of people try to compare him to Tyreek Hill. I don't think he's that explosive, but I do think he can stretch the field and help uh, the Giants. Their receivers have right now a little bit more possession type receivers, so he can be de definitely the guy getting a little bit more buzz. So I have them there. It's 15. And my last two is Kansas City. I said no rookies of note, but Mahomes cards. <laughs> and then 17, uh, Chargers. They have John, uh, Josh Palmer, and I put second year Herbert. So I put Herbert right below the Mahomes cards. So I'm not sure. I just feel like Mahomes is probably going to be chased a little bit more even than over Herbert's second years. But what are your thoughts on tier three there? So we obviously differ a bit between the Chargers and KC. I think, it's, I think there's a big divide between second year cards and then third and the rest of the career. Yeah. So that's why I have the chargers as high as I do. Um, I actually did have the Texans around where you did. I, I said, wow, uh, uh, kind of a second late. Cause I differed with respect to the Broncos. I put them much further down actually mm -hmm. next tier. Um, I, I, aside from the second round running pack, you know, I feel like they focused a lot on D and the line and, I actually also just don't think they're going to be a good team this year. Uh, yeah, they're, that's, that's fair. You know, I, it's, yeah, it's funny we're having this conversation obviously post draft, but very pre season, and a lot of this stuff will change after just week one, two, three. I mean, you're you're going to see with respect to early season performance, obviously that this kind of goes without saying, but in my mind, in going through this process, a lot of what I was thinking about was which of these teams do I think are going to be okay, right? So with respect to the Broncos, I kind of just thought, you know what, they're going in close to my bottom tier just because I think they're going to be a relatively bad team. Right. So my thought process with that, and actually the two thoughts. So second years, I was actually surprised, like, 
this year. So if you look at a, just a pure second year card for how, how do those PYTs go? The Cardinals were pretty cheap and breaks across the board this year with Kyle Murray. Like they were very cheap. And I think people are making good value plays in that. I respect that for sure. But I, you know, Kyler came into the year with the Herbert type <coughs> momentum, I would say. And Herbert and Herbert's probably a little bit more, but my point is it didn't seem like even with a second year, if that's all they had, it didn't seem like it got the value with the PYT prices. Um, in terms of like my Broncos, I can say defense is that, you know, you look at last year, we had Jonathan Taylor, Deandre Swift, JK Dobbins. So like those three guys, and there was more, but those three guys, all three of those teams are relatively priced in the middle because they had at least one running back. And so with Javonta Williams being that third running back, I just think that he might get that type of respect because he is in the fantasy world. Like in the fantasy land, he's, going pretty high in rookie drafts already so i do think that hey, will he play right away no melvin gordon are they gonna be bad probably <laughs> like you're right unless drew lock turns it on somehow and like we always keep saying don't tell ty we're talking bad about drew lock but <laughs> uh that's kind of my rationale when it comes to those ones but moving into tier four you know it gets tougher now we're to start kind of throwing these random darts these are almost the teams you don't want to get in random <laughs> and then you can you can pay for them if they're your favorite team you want a cheap option but i have the cardinals at 18 they have rondale moore in the second round and zayvon collins first rounder like he's linebacker but he could be a pretty special linebacker so you never know there uh but overall the cardinals 18 to kind of look at the receivers the main spot there 19 the panthers i put paris marshall the reason i put them in the third tier because people do like terrace marshall is he did slide quite a bit i think it's because of injury there's a little bit of red flags with him medically so uh he'll probably they'll probably be a little bit cheaper because of that uh green bay packers i put them down uh 20 amari rogers they took um with the receiver and they have second year jordan love cards but a second year Rookie card of a guy hasn't played yet. Still not going to move the needle too much for people. Uh, the Seahawks went Dwayne Eskridge. Uh, so that's kind of their actually one of their first selections. He's a little sleeper out of Western Michigan, so that could be interesting. And Minnesota Vikings took Kellen Mond, one of those second-tier quarterbacks, which is interesting because Cousins obviously not young. Uh, Tutu Atwell for the Rams, have it 23. 24, Washington football team with Dynamy Brown out of UNC and Jamin Davis. I like both those players. Uh, and lastly, I put Cowboys in that bottom that tier with Micah Parsons at number 25. So I kind of have a little bigger tier four there. I feel like it's called a lot of long shots, less sleepers, kind of some second, third receiver types. And I think the only one to kind of note is you can kind of Kellen Mond maybe if he gets things going. A good run pass option out of Texas A&M. Pretty talented, but you know Kirk Cousins is old. They took drafted Stanley last year. You kind of see they're taking some shots and some options that maybe could help them there. But that's kind of my thoughts on tier four. Yeah, so we 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 differ quite a bit actually, and I didn't catch it in your last tier, um, but I had the Vikings in that previous tier. Yep, that's fair. Well, as the Cowboys and the Packers, the Vikings make more sense because of Mond, and I also justify that in my head because I think he has a damn good shot of getting some field time with yep. the cousins out there it's a great sleeper team if they're underpriced that's a team to go for for sure right and uh and the cowboys and packers really ultimately just because they're the cowboys and packers yeah yeah following them have decent pricing because of that um we we were very similar at the top of this tier with the cards and the panthers um this is where i had the broncos um, okay this is also where i i don't know if maybe i missed it i apologize but this is also where I have the Bills and the Browns. You might have had them a little bit further down. Uh, they're both in my next tier, Bills and Browns. That's all right. Yep. They're at the bottom of this tier ultimately. So that we okay. don't, to me, that that this is also all essentially it's one larger bottom tier. Will you you put a dividing line in there to create a sticker? I, I ultimately didn't do, so I didn't differentiate too much. But they're they're close to the bottom for me. Okay. 
Perfect. Um, and then we'll just like, since you just said the bills and Browns were my next two in tier five. So we I mean, we're not that far off. Yeah. And, you know, the bills, I put no offensive players. They took Greg, Greg Rousseau, Rousseau, I forgot how to say his name. Sorry. That first round D and Miami, he's been really hit and miss a lot of talent, but kind of inconsistent, but mostly the bills, you're kind of just Josh Allen cards. You're going for those, whatever color Josh Allen cards, you're kind of your best play. Uh, the Browns, Anthony Schwartz, pretty exciting, fast receiver out of Auburn. And then they did it, you know, they got the good linebacker out of uh, Notre Dame pretty late as well. But the Browns, I mean, that's kind of a couple good players. I think people like how they drafted. Um, and then you could go for Baker cards, sure. Lions, they just built the trenches. They have a fourth-round receiver, uh, Mara St. Brown out of USC. Not too much other than that. And you know, Colts went all defensive and offensive lined. They did a late tight end receiver, so they're not going to have much to offer in terms of rookies. Uh, Saints, no offensive players except for Ian Book in the sixth and my 30th. My last two were the Titans. They have no offensive skill players the whole draft. And the Raiders had no offensive skill players the whole draft was my last one. So 31 and 32. So how how were your tier five? What were your last two teams? My last two were the Skins and Titans. Oh. Yeah, so we we hit the Titans together. So you don't like the – yeah. I I had Skins 24. I mean, that's not a massive difference. I I was like, you know, Diamond Brown – is a pretty big receiver, so he could be an X receiver for them uh, to help McLaurin, but that's fair. Okay, and where did you have the Saints? It has more to do with ultimately the Skins being a team that's so in flux, having a, a handful of bad seasons, no name. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I actually really did think about they're probably not going to be the last team on this list, more so because they're the Skins and they still do have D.C. Um, yeah. But, you know, the Saints I had three spots above, so or yeah. it's the last. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they did they did get a quarterback, but, it, like, he's just a six-round quarterback. But I don't know, Dame, you never know. So, but, I mean, yeah, it's kind of our tiers of PYT. I think that that kind of gives us – real early, things will change, like you said, but it's kind of fun to just kind of dice that out. Right. Just kind of see where some values are. It seems like you and I are in kind of agreement the Vikings will be a good value. Uh, they did have a ton of draft picks, so they might have a lot of cards you don't want as well. But, I mean, they – like O line, D line, they they traded back and made a lot of moves. So uh, there's some some value there from them as well. And not to mention Justin Jefferson's second year. I mean, we keep talking about the second. Yeah. So right. That- yep, definitely. But uh, yeah, I think that'll close us up for the show. Uh, how are things up in your neck of the woods? Weather's starting to shift. It was a rainy, ugly day today, but you know it's like typical Pittsburgh weather around this time. It's like 70 degrees, sunny, beautiful, and then two, three days of like high fifties and rainy. Yeah. You know, it'll, in a, in a couple of weeks, three weeks, it'll, it'll go away, but I'm uh, getting a little bit of respite from it all. I'm going out to LA for a long extended week with oh, my nice. brother to visit my sister who's out there. And I also have one of my, really the only other member of my family that's from Israel. My father's from Israel. So everyone on my father's side of the family is still there, but I, we have a first cousin who just had a baby who moved to LA just a few years ago. So we're going a few other family members from Israel are making the long trek out to LA and it's going to be a nice little pellet vacation out. Nice little family, family reunion. That's awesome. Well, enjoy your time. And thanks for being on the show as usual. Always good to have you on every month. I do this at least once a month, keep a little regular uh, guest appearance going on. So we keep chatting football because I always enjoy it, but appreciate you coming on. My pleasure, man. Thank you. All right, man.
Just want to thank you for listening to the show with Shani. It's always fun to talk about the draft. One of my favorite things to talk about. We will be talking about it quite a bit throughout the offseason. In fact, next week, I plan on having Ryan McDowell on uh, from DL Football, a fantasy football writer, to talk about some more sleepers we can target in the upcoming class. Maybe some current sleepers are on teams from the previous drafts that might kind of start to sim up and be some value there in the hobby. Again, I'm a proud, proud member with Bench Clear Media. You can follow me on Twitter at numbers underscore behind. And again, please give me a good rating on the podcast and give me some comments on the video so we can have some good conversations. Appreciate you guys. Thanks.